Welcome to another fun-filled edition of Second City Sports Zoom Style. Zoom Style. <laughs> Along with Lakina McGee and Jason Pfeiffer, I am Sydney Brown. You can follow yours truly on Twitter and the Insta at CKID. Once again, at CKID. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-8-0. And you can follow this show, which is part of the War Media Network, at War on Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, SoundCloud, iTunes, Apple, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and everywhere else you download your podcast. Make sure you download uh, War on Anchor. We also on iHeartRadio. Please download the iHeartRadio app and then type in War on Anchor on the search engine box. You'll access our programming there. And we're also on YouTube. That's War Media. That's W-A-R-R media and you can watch this podcast via visual voila there's our beautiful lovely faces <laughs> you can follow me at keena mcgee on twitter and at keena underscore mcgee on the instagram and you can follow me at truth and reason underscore on the twitter and you can also follow the show's twitter handle at 2ndcschi Let's start off this segment with the uh, NFL uh, re overreaction Monday power hour. Of course, we'll start local. The Chicago Bears dropped their first game of the season to the Indianapolis Colts at Soldier Field by the score of 19 to 11. I'm going to go ahead and start this off. I'm going to try to be as professional as possible. <laughs> what the hell was that? <laughs> Seriously, the offense was not there yesterday. The running game was not non-existent. Nick Foles looked like a high school quarterback at best. Indianapolis didn't really play all that great. Phillip Rivers was to be had. He had two turnovers that were that were, um, that were supposed to be his, but it was overturned by a uh, dropped interception, which we'll get to in a minute. And another uh, possible turnover, which was overturned by replay. Jonathan Taylor ran the ball well for the Colts. Phillip Rivers didn't perform that great, but he made the key throws where they had to. The Indianapolis Colts defense stepped up thanks to the lack of the lack of productivity from the offensive side. If I'm a Bears fan, I've been saying this for the last three weeks, the Bears should be 0-3. They should be 0-4 today. I do not blame this game on the defense. I'm blaming on head coach Matt Nagy and whoever is the offensive coordinator for Chicago. That was terrible yesterday. Who do you blame for this Bears loss? Look, I'll start with you. Um, I, I look, I think the, the game plan I think was off from the word go. It seems like Foles was overthrowing guys. It, you know, he had you know balls that were throwing like you know up on top of the uh, Anthony Miller's head, and then Allen Robinson went to his left, and then when the ball actually went right, and you know it, it was just it was just bad game planning from the word go. Like I like I said, listen, the Colts have one of the top defenses in the league for a reason. I know Darius Leonard got banged up you know, early in the mm -hmm. second half, so he didn't play. But look, you know, Xavier Rhodes, you know, did his thing with Robinson and Miller. You know, DeForest Buckner made some key tackles and they kept the offense off they kept uh they kept the Bears offense off the field for the most part. I mean the defense, yeah, they only gave up 19 points, but the fact that they were the Colts were even in the scoring position, there were opportunities to be had that didn't, you know, pan out. And yeah, you know, Philip Rivers kind of gave you a couple of chances to catch a couple of turnovers of his, <clears throat> of his, but 
you the second the second one you could probably you could, we can all debate on that whether or not that was really an interception we'll, we'll never know but like i said before i mean I'm, again i'm gonna channel denny you know the late great denny green here the bears are who you thought they were and the first their first three <laughs> opponents kind of let them off the hook the colts said no no you're not no we're not gonna let you off the hook so there's plenty of blame to go around yeah, I, I definitely say plenty of blame to go around uh, Lakina and Sydney. Um, l- l- listen, the the Colts, for those who don't know, are a top team in the AFC, not just the division. That 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 defense is going to make a lot of people, a lot of teams look look really really bad. Uh, they've got Pro Bowlers at every level of uh, of their defense on the defensive line and their linebackers, and definitely in their secondary, which is probably tops in the league overall, I think. Um, especially in this early season. People don't score on them. People haven't been scoring on them this entire season. Uh, there's a reason why they're 3-1 they're and one, and one of the best teams in the AFC right now. People need to start paying attention to that. Um, but th- speaking of defenses, the Bears' defense didn't look good either. Um, you know, they only gave up 19 points, but the Colts were steadily in their own territory, in the Bears' territory. Uh, they were getting gashed early and often. They got gashed from that first opening drive, like the Bears always do. Get gashed on opening drives. I don't understand it. It's it's like they they literally don't want to execute the game plan at all, or they're still like sleepy and got crust in their eyes or something. They're just not paying attention, and it and deep and, and opponents walk all over them in the first half and then in the first possessions really. So defense only gave up 19, but didn't look good. The offense certainly didn't look good. Um, I wasn't surprised by Nick Foles' performance necessarily. Great, obviously not. Um, he, you know, but he still made some there, – there were noticeable differences, even though the Bears' offense didn't look well yesterday. There were still some noticeable differences pushing the ball, at least attempting to push the ball down the field. It's still something you never saw with Mitch Trubisky. Um, now, the, the run game, obviously – there needs to be more creative, something more creative going on there. Um, it, it, it seemed out of sync. The offensive line just couldn't block anybody. Again, I give a lot of credit to the Indianapolis Colts for that. They have a really good defensive line. They're going to plug a lot of holes there throughout the season. But there, there's blame to go around. Offense, defense, special teams gave up a punt block. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not looking good all in all three phases of the game. I, I just want to piggyback off your point, Jason, by saying this overall. What's so frustrating is the Bears, even though they couldn't get anything going offensively, they were still in the game. You're correct. The defense did not play that great, but they were they were a bend but do not break defense. Uh, referring to the first half, and I, I had to watch it before recording this uh, episode today. It was so many third downs that they gave up. It wasn't even funny. It, 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 uh, somehow, by some miracle, by the football gods, I don't know, they, they stayed in the game. Now, since Lamont Scott has joined us, Lamont, who do you blame for the Bears' loss yesterday? Do you blame the defense? Do you blame the offense? Do you blame head coach Matt Nagy? Or do you think it's enough blame to go around? Uh, first off, good morning, good people. Uh, I would have to blame Coach Matt Nagy. Like, to piggyback off what Jason just said, no creativity on that offense, that running. I mean, some of the runs he even called on the third down plays, on the second down plays, some of the plays that he called just didn't seem like it was supposed to be called at that time. I was like, why, why did you call that? So that was, a, that was a slight issue with me. So, I mean, it can go around, but it starts at the top. 
And I was thinking that halfway through the game, like, Matt Nagy's becoming a slight problem, you know, with, with some of the calls he's making. I mean, that might be just my opinion, but from my eye view, that's what I kind of see. I want to go over to the defense. Uh, I'll start with you, Lakina. I mentioned this at the top of the show. The two turnovers that should have been turnovers in, in our last podcast, I said that Phillip Rivers could be had by because he at least gives you the opportunity with the with the one or two interceptions that he uh, throws every game. Of course, Khalil Mack had one off a tip of a tip ball at the line of scrimmage, which he dropped. Then, of course, there was the one by Rowcross Smith in the end zone, which his left foot was out of bounds, and the replay officials got that call right. Uh, Lakina, this just has to be frustrating for a defense that hasn't played up to their standards and our standards all season long. Just by those uh, two potential turnovers that, that were out of the Bears' hands, how frustrating was it for you as a Bears fan? It, it, yeah, I mean, this has sort of been the theme the whole season for this for this defense. I mean, they, they've given up a lot of points, and they've given up a lot of yards, missed opportunities, lost opportunities. And I think it's just one of those things where, I mean, yeah, the defense is good enough to keep the Bears in games. The Bears are lucky they didn't get you know, the doors blown off of them by this Colts team because I'm not counting that touch, that garbage touchdown those last, like, couple of minutes because – it really doesn't matter. It didn't matter in the end. But look, Blaud Nichols, I mean, he's not Eddie Goldman. He's not. And, and I think that's another that's another issue. Khalil Mack, I mean, yeah, he had that drop interception, but we that's the first time we actually heard his name all, you know, all game before then. So I think this defense, you know, Robert Quinn, he's been a non-factor. So I just, I just think that this defense has not been what, what, you know, what we thought this defense could would be this year. And I think it's just unfortunate. Yeah, and I don't, I don't. It, it, listen, let's let's be honest. It hasn't been like that in two years. You know, let's let's go back to last season too. Um, I don't want to shed the light entirely on Chuck Pagano, but some of these things have to be glaring, right? Is it a, is it a coincidence that the defense is taking a step back at his under his tenure? I mean, I, I I don't know. You know, the same players are still there from the big Fangio era, so it's hard to say. I mean, there are not enough impact plays being made. That's just Let's just call it what it is. There's not there's not enough quarterback pressure to make the quarterback make a quick decision, and that's what this Bears defense has been all about. It's been about a pass rush <clears throat> and being opportunistic uh, when it comes to turning the ball over, getting turnovers, and we haven't seen any of that. Uh, so I, like, like you said, Jason, uh, you might have to start looking at Mr. Pagano because there's no aggressiveness. And if you look at the few plays where they did get pressure, that was the couple of plays where they had a couple of dropped interceptions. Or in a, that was the only times that they got pressure during that whole game. So, I mean, is it that he's not dialing it up? Or is it that they can't do it anymore? I mean, if they can't do it anymore, we need to shuffle some parts around. That, that defense is what's supposed to lead us. We didn't have a superstar quarterback because we had a superstar defense. So if we don't have either, and we up a creek with some really, really, really small oars. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and that's, that's not – well, well, listen, I mean, that's a great point, though, Lamont, because guess what, folks? I mean, I don't want to – you know, we'll get started in, a, in a, the next week, but listen, it does not get any easier next week with our opponent, which we will get into in a few minutes, I'm sure. So you're right, Lamont. I mean, it, it, something has to change. 
So the schedule doesn't get easier. And you look, they may they may have that thing that the Bulls went through a couple of years ago where they played down, quote unquote, to their competition. Now, if they got Brady coming and they see Brady as an option, they might break Brady, Brady back. They might play up to their competition. So maybe they ain't took these three teams or four teams as serious as they should have. Maybe they've been saving it for the Brady game. We're going to find out Thursday night, though. You're listening, to second, yeah, you're listening to Second City Sports, along with Lakina McGee, Jason Pfeiffer, and Lamont Scott. I am Sidney Bryan's re-review. The Bears' lo first loss of the season to the Indianapolis Colts, 19-11 to at Soldier Field on Sunday. Guys, I want to stay with that Bears defense. Uh, they had eight penalties for over 100 yards. Uh, you're not going to win many games in this league with that many uh, penalty yards. Of course, uh, the Bears defensive backs, of course, Eddie Jackson and Kyle Fuller, they had a couple of pass interference calls in yesterday's game. Uh, I know that the Bears uh, DBs like to take chances, but in today's NFL with all the rules going towards the offensive players, they have to be much smarter. You know, it's just so frustrating to see so many flags that were thrown yesterday. It's been a problem all year, but it really came to a head yesterday. Yeah, yeah, and let me, sorry to jump in, but but a, a point that needs to be made about that, Sydney, I'm glad you brought it up, is that it keeps drives alive, too. That, that was the, another mm -hmm. part of why the defense didn't look good. You know, again, they only gave up 19 points, but they didn't pass a whole lot of eye tests. They weren't very disciplined, although, look, I don't, I don't you know, a couple of those P.I. calls, they were questionable at best. Um, I, I thought, you know, Kyle Fuller, I think on that first or second one, um, that ended up keeping a drive alive, I think ended up leading the Indianapolis points. I think that P.I. on Kyle Fuller was absolutely atrocious. He's making a play on the ball at the same time but as a receiver. But, you know, whatever. Here, he, Neither here nor there, right? The call was made, it was made. But, again, that's part of the point is that it keeps the opposing offense on the field and in critical situations. I think that might have been a third down PI too. So, I mean, you can't have this type of stuff happen if you expect to win games. And they haven't, like you said, Sydney, they haven't really been disciplined all season. So, to me, that shines another light on Chuck Pagano. The Bears have to get it in gear really quickly. I think that the undisciplinedness of this defense has been sort of an aptitude. That's been their problem this whole season. They've given up a lot of big plays. They've given up a lot of penalties. You know, some of them you probably say were bogus, but, you know, hey, it is what it is. But I, I think if you, you can't afford to have those types of penalties and give offenses like Indy and Tampa. We'll talk about that. Like, Lamont we'll talk about that in a, in a couple of minutes. But you can't afford to have – give these you know, offenses opportunities. You just can't. So I think that that's been the big problem for this team the whole season. Yeah, I mean, I, 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 they don't seem aggressive. At least we heard Khalil Mack name Sunday, which, which seems like the first time we ever heard his name all year. We haven't been hearing his name at all this year. So, uh, like I say, maybe it's a waiting on Tampa Bay to see where you at as a measuring stick type situation. But something got to give. I mean, it really does. Or Hallis Hall might be having everybody head roll from the – head coach to the defensive coach to quarterback acts, both of them, Nick Foles continue to be the Nick Foles that he can be. So I don't know. It could get ugly up there. I don't think it has nothing to do with uh, playing down to the competition because the Bears haven't quote unquote earned 
the right to do that maybe two years ago, but definitely not now. I just think it was a, a, a bad day yesterday. And it's like, I agree with you guys. As you brought this up, Lamont. That I blame head coach Matt Nagy. That was a bad offensive game plan. Uh, they didn't run the ball with consistency. I know it's easy to beat up on David Montgomery and the offensive line to a lesser extent, but I really don't blame those two entities. I blame head coach Matt Nagy and whoever's the offensive coordinator. You have to set the tone. In Indianapolis, which was playing the zone the majority of their game, they were just waiting for Nick Foles to throw the ball. <laughs> it, it, when, when that happens, you know turnovers are bound to happen. Let me, let me jump in right quick with a quick question for you, Sid. Now, mm -hmm. Nagy's supposed to be this offensive genius. Was it him really calling them plays in Kansas City, or was it Eric Bieniemy then, and Matt Nagy was next to him, and that's why Kansas City has continued to grow and evolve and we get Matt Nagy. That is a very good question. That is a very good question. First of all, Eric Bieniemy should be an NFL head coach. We'll get into that another time. But I think at times it was Matt Nagy. Mm -hmm. But you know, Andy Reid has a, such a strong personality, has a strong uh, hold on his coaching staff. Uh, I'm sure he didn't let him go out too far. And so that, that is a very interesting question. I, like you said, Eric Bieniemy learned on the both of them. Look what he's doing now. Obviously, with better talent. Yes. Matt Nagy was there at the same time when that, that group was starting to grow. But that is a very good question. So so, so I, I'm, there, there have been a few observations that I've made on and off throughout the show, and this is going back the past two seasons now, actually. And we, we just mentioned it earlier in the show. But where's the creativity? Where is the misdirection? Where is the up-tempo? I mean, do do I have to, like – call Hallis Hall and threaten personal lives for the Bears offense to go up tempo once in a while. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I'll go with you. Can, can we do that? Like defenses are sitting on what the Bears are doing. How mm -hmm. do you counter that? Pace. You speed the game up. You misdirect. You you use a little bit of trickery sometimes if you have to. These are and, 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 I'm not engaging in hyperbole, guys. Although the Bears' offense wasn't great two years ago, you saw a lot of that two years ago. That's why Mitch Trubisky had a lot of success that he did two years ago. There were RPOs being ran. There were, there were run pass options. There were, you know, creative screens being called. There was were misdirection plays. There were reverses. There were inter there was up tempo. There was you saw fast break two minute drills being ran last year. You, we have not seen any of this in the past two seasons. I mean, I, I, I'm not, I'm, I'm not lying about that. So I, again, we have to start looking at Matt when it comes to his offensive game plans because I just said it. Opposing defenses are literally sitting back, like you said, Sydney, like you said, Lamont. They're sitting back on what the Bears are doing. It's like they become monotonous and one-dimensional, even though you've got playmakers in the backfield and in, on, in the wideouts. It's, it's starting to get really frustrating to watch. Yeah. You, wonder, you wonder, though, that maybe our team sort of catching up to that offense of the Bears because they used up that type of similar thing with Mark Tressman was there, and it's – yeah, they had success for, like, maybe a season and a half, but everyone started catching up to it. I think this is the same case here with Coach Nagy. I think that defenses are, are starting to catch up to what the Bears are doing, and they're on to, like, what the Bears have been doing. So, yeah, yeah, you can see they can pick up the pace. They can be more creative. But the problem is, is that 
defenses are starting to figure out what they're using. So I, I can see both sides of it, but I just, I just think that it's more like, I guess, defenses are starting to figure out what the Bears are trying to pull. But, but Lakina, and I know you listened to the broadcast yesterday, it was, it was kind of almost like Tony Romo was begging them to do that. He mentioned that more than once, you know, and, and, and increase the pace, go faster. I mean, it, it, if, if the announcers are saying it, I mean, we're, we're seeing it as well, you know? Like, where's the adjustments being made, you know? Oh. It, it, it's frustrating. Oh, yeah. Oh, we, oh we, Rich Gannon went off. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, wrong. that's, that's okay. okay. That's okay. But, uh, yeah. but, but <laughs> he went off. I mean, yeah. he yeah. said, look, what are y'all doing? He didn't, say, he didn't say that, but he basically said, look, what are you guys doing? Where's the urgency? Where's, you know, pick up the pace. It, I mean, yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and Rich Gannon was a, was an MVP, you know? Yeah. It's, it's, it's Yeah. But so here's the thing. So here's the thing. I I want I do not want to overreact, but what the, some of the play calling that I saw, especially in that first half, uh, there's just so many screen plays. Uh, if you remember back in 1999, Dick Jaron's first year, he had an offensive coordinator named Gary Croton. Yeah. He came from BYU. And yeah. he did so many screen passes, it wasn't even funny. But halfway through the year, the league caught up to it. Yeah. It's like, you're not reinventing the wheel here. And for all this creativity to work, you have to run the ball. And right. something I know we brought Matt Nagy here to fix the, fix the office passing-wise, but you got to establish some sort of running game. I know with some teams they establish the pass and then set up the run, to set up the run. But for the Bears, the passing game is not working working right now. You have to establish the run. And your offensive line has been pretty okay this year. So, like I said, I don't blame David Montgomery personally because the play calling was they ran away from from the run game, and so they try to establish the pass, and those uh, the play calls did not work yesterday. So. Once again, for all this stuff to work, you had to establish some type of running game, and that didn't happen yesterday. And yep. Odell Patterson is not a running back. Let Let's be <laughs> let, let's be honest here. Odell Patterson is not a running back. Thank you. He went backwards like three, like three or four times. He had the ball. He went backwards. So like, every time they tried, he go backwards. Every yeah. time they tried, he go backwards. He might as well have had Cohen out there. I know he's hurt, but <laughs> and. You know, and, and and that's a, you made another great point, Sydney. And when I say up-tempo and creative, I don't mean just with the passing game as well. You've got to be able to run the ball. I'm not just talking about the passing game. Mm -hmm. that. So that, that's a great point. And, and you've got to put David Montgomery in position to be successful. It, it goes back to the play calling, though. He's running right into the interior of the defensive line. I mean, that is – it's like they weren't watching the tape. You know, it's it's almost like they haven't seen tape on Indianapolis. I don't know with this being such a different season, you know, how these practices and meetings are going, but it's it's almost like they're they're not watching the opposing defenses from the previous games. Well, you know, I think too like it, it goes back to that time, man. Yeah, we run Matt Nagy in to pass the ball, but does he have any good running plays? Maybe that's it. That's why he don't – maybe he's limited in the run situation. You know what I'm saying? Maybe he came in as this passing goal for a reason. Maybe when he was at KC, he took care of a lot of the passing things and not a lot of those running plays, which would fall on Agby Enemy because he was a running back. So you look at it like maybe he don't got a lot of running plays and, you know, book of tricks. And 
he need to just rework a little something, you know, mix something together or a little bit from here. Uh, all right, so let, let, let's talk about the Thursday night game coming up a little bit before we go to our studs and duds. I know O.J. Howard, it looks like he's going to be out for the year with a torn Achilles. So that's a big loss for the Bucks defense. I know Tom Brady threw that pick six against the Chargers, but he came right back like four or five touchdowns after that. So I, don't know, I, I think we can't be too, you know, like – not write his career obituary just yet, but where do you guys see this game? Uh, I see us getting interception. I think, I think Bears may get a pick six. I mean, I, I think that Tom Brady going to take a lot of chances against the Bears, and they're going to have a lot of opportunities to shine and show up. So I'm just hoping that they do. But it's, it's going to get interesting Thursday if defense sleepwalking, I can tell you that. We're no early. I'll say this about the Bears. They may have caught a break, as Lakina mentioned, that O.J. Howard, who scored a touchdown, the go-ahead touchdown in yesterday's game over the Chargers, he may be out for the year. Mike Evans got injured yesterday, too. Well, as for this broadcast, we don't know his status. He may not travel here to Chicago on Thursday. Chris Godwin, their other star wide receiver, is out. Who knows? He may play on Thursday. I, I doubt it, but we'll, we'll see. Uh, the Bears may have caught a break, but at the same time, they had to go out and take care of their business. Uh, I'll keep saying this again. They need to pound the rock and, and run the ball. You saw the Chargers, they did that to an extent yesterday, even though their defensive uh, players were out. They jumped on the butts early and they established a tempo. The Bears need to uh, um, watch the tape. Hopefully they're doing it right now from the Chargers game yesterday, minus the fourth quarter. This is how you beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Like you mentioned, Lamont, Brady, as I said last week about Phillip Rivers, he can be had with a couple of turnovers. Here's the thing. The Bears have to take advantage of scoring points. Off. First of all, get the turnovers and score points off the turnovers. I'm talking about touchdowns, not just field goals. Definitely. And and uh, along with that, we need just a little bit of that offense to show up Thursday. I mean, give us 21. We make it beat them if we play in defense. But it remains to be seen. This will be a litmus test. We will know a lot more than we know this Monday, next Monday, then we know this Monday. I can tell you that. Because if it is some glaring holes, they're going to open all of them up. If it is some wounds, they're going to be showing after Thursday night. Well, well, well. listen, guys. You guys are, are giving the Bears way too much credit here. Thank you. Thank they're, you, Jason. They're, they're going to get blown out. And I don't <laughs> care who the wide receivers are going to be. Um, I think Mike Evans is going to play. Um, well, we'll have to see. I mean, I know he did get hurt. Uh, Godwin is probably still out. But it doesn't matter. I'm going to start Roland Jones, by the way, for my fantasy lineup against the Bears defense. I'm going to start him because they're going to get blown out. You understand me? This is, this is going to be a bad game. It's going to be a bad game. Okay? Um, I, 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 would, I would say that the offense will probably look better because, again, I don't I'm – not, I'm not giving – you know, I'm not, I'm not putting a whole lot on Nick Foles yesterday. He missed some throws, sure. He missed some throws. No, no doubt about it. But I think he overall played well. Again, I think I don't think we're giving in the Indianapolis Colts defense enough credit. They are really, really, really good. But they're going to get blown out. This is probably going to be a three-touchdown deficit. What you say, Indianapolis number one for a reason, huh? <laughs> well, well, they are. I mean, they were. They were. I think at this point, they're number one in all major categories defensive wise. I think. Yeah, they was. Yeah, they, they played like yesterday. 
I've been, look, I've been trying to tell people about the indie defense and look, that Bucks defense, yeah, they're a little older, but they're, they, they still get it done. I mean, Sue had some, uh, some, uh, the, had some uh, forcible turnovers, you know. You still got Vita Vila out there who's still formidable. Sha- Shaq Barrett is still very formidable. Antoine Whitfield Jr. looks like he's going to play, you know, he didn't get a chance to play yesterday. Looks like he's going to be a go for Thursday. Still, you know, Jason Pierre-Paul. So that, that's still a pretty good defense for the Bucks. And I know it's been a few years. I think Bruce Arians is still upset that he didn't get the Bears job. I know it's been about six, five or six years now, but I'm sure he's still pissed about that. So... <laughs> Yeah, and you should have so got I don't it. Think he's gonna tell his guys, you know, look, take it out. Listen, these guys wouldn't give me the job. I'm here with it here now because of them. Take it out on them. So I can appreciate him saying that. So I look, I'm sure the Bears will keep it close, but I think the Bears will lose late. And I think if they play a complete game, they could keep it close. But I wouldn't be surprised if what Jason like Jason said, it ends up being a blowout. Yeah, a blowout wouldn't surprise you at all. That's what I was getting ready to say at the top of the show. The Bears are not ready as of yesterday. They're not ready for prime time yet. Uh, with the Lamont Thursday, it's going to reveal a whole lot about this Bears team. It's all about mental for the Chicago team. They, uh, they got Tom Brady in their backyard on Thursday. Uh, they need to come out and play. Um, Tampa is starting to get it on the roll here after that opening day loss at New Orleans. So uh, th- this is put up or shut up time for the Bears because the schedule doesn't get any easier. Of course, they got the Carolina Panthers, and we'll talk about in a minute. And then they go to L.A. for Monday night against the Rams. We'll talk about them in a minute. Mm-hmm. I watched that game closely yesterday. So the schedule does not, I repeat, does not get any easier. All right, yeah. let's get all right, let's get to our studs and does for week four. Who wants to start? I'll start. Number 59, John Gaskell, Glasgow for the Indianapolis Colts. He blocked the punt. Number 59, he blocked the punt from Pat O'Donnell of the Bears, which set the tempo for that game for the Indianapolis Colts, which led to that first touchdown by Mo Alley-Cox. Number two, I'm going with you, Lamont. You've been saying this this week, too. Russell Wilson, he, he gets a game ball for me. He had a couple more touchdowns yesterday. Um, I know Miami sort of kept it close toward the end, but Seattle, as I've been telling people for the last three years, they are – Great team coming from the West Coast, going to the East Coast for an early start. They showed it again yesterday. And number three, these three entities will get share one game ball. First, Odell Beckham Jr. scoring three touchdowns. Number two, Browns head coach Kevin Stefanski. And number three, whoever is the Browns offensive coordinator. Here's why. When Dallas made the game close at 41-38 at the, towards the end of the fourth quarter, Cleveland's first play. After that was the end around play, end around play for Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. stayed inbounds. The Dallas defense just stood there frozen in time. Instead of Odell Beckham Jr. just taking the knee, he sprinted down the sidelines and put the game out of reach. So I'll give the Cleveland, the whole Cleveland offensive unit, a game ball. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll go. I'll go next. Um, so I, listen. I think this team, we, we like to talk about this team a lot and kind of make fun of them, but I think this team is, is trending on the way up. Um, Got to give a, a big congratulations and a big game ball to the Cincinnati Bengals. I know they beat the Jacksonville Jaguars. So I get it. I understand. But Joe Burrow, listen, he's a rookie. He's going to make some mistakes. Threw a pick yesterday, but he continues to look like a franchise quarterback. It's amazing when – you can actually just look at a quarterback in a game and you can tell immediately 
that that guy is a franchise quarterback. I wonder why we can't get this right in Chicago, folks. I just I, – I, 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 because you, you – you, again, we're not, we're not professional scouts here, but you can look at Joe Burrow and in two minutes can tell that that guy is an NFL quarterback. They're going to be fine in Cincinnati. I think they're going to be okay. Um, but more specifically to Joe Mixon, um, this is a guy who's been much maligned throughout his career as well, but he racked up 150 yards. He hasn't really been healthy a whole lot. Three total touchdowns. Whoever had him in fantasy, I hope they started him because that was a big day for him and the Cincinnati Bengals. So, so they're going to get some of my studs. All right. As far as studs go, piggybacking off uh, what Sid said, the Cleveland Browns. I mean, the Cleveland Browns did their thing, and they uh, – so that they do have some creativity. They do have a lot of talent. I mean, it's – Are you to- watching Chicago Bears? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, it's sorry that Tub got injured. You know, he's going to be out a minute. So – Yeah, that's, for me. Yeah, that's, that's yeah. going to hurt <laughs> Sorry, Jason. <laughs> yeah, that, that's going to hurt him. And um, another stud would be, like uh, Jason said, Joe Barrow, man, Cincinnati. Once you get him an offensive line and another wide receiver, Cincinnati going – Joe Barrow going to have something to say. And a little bonus stud, I mean, I'm liking Justin Habert didn't surprise me. I didn't think he had all that in him, but he's showing that he do belong also. So, we're going to see. My turn. Uh, of course, you know, Russell Wilson, that's my, my first for all the reasons that's been said. I mean, he had an interception, but – Look, I think he still keeps, you know, showing you that he should be the front runner for MVP right now. Two touchdowns, 360 yards passing. Also, Chris Carson, you know, he got two of those, you know, two touchdowns. So, sort of very, very businesslike. Also, Baltimore, another stud for me, very businesslike. You know, Lamar Jackson had two touchdowns. They, you know, had uh, two touchdowns uh, passing, uh, a, rush, a rushing touchdown to very business businessman-like performance against Washington. But like I like I said, they were going to have a bounce. We said they were going to have a bounce back game, and they did. Uh, Minnesota, they got their first win of the season. You know, Dalvin Cook, 130 yards and two touchdowns. Maybe they should give him the ball even more now. Yeah, please, so, please do. Yeah, yeah. So. <laughs> Right, right. <laughs> that figure. So, yeah. So I think Minnesota gets their first win of the season. Maybe they can right the ship. They're one and three, but listen, they're still early enough. You know, they have Seattle <laughs> on Sunday night. That's going to be a tough one. But they they go at that. That's going to be a tough one. But you know, we'll see what they do there. Um, let's see. Roberto Sanchez. I'm going special teams on you guys from the Colts. Three, like all the punts he he kicked, were well within the, inside the twenty. There was like yeah. only one. I think that was like the first time in like sixty punts that he had that it went in the end zone. <laughs> but San, you know, but Sanchez was able to keep the Bears deep, and they weren't able to capital not not capitalize, but they were able to advance the ball. So that helps too. So a rarity that I'm getting a punter my stud, but that's what I'm doing here, and. Um, one more, you know, Joe Burrow, like you said, Sid, I mean, put an O-line mm-hmm. with him. I think he's going to do just fine. Didn't have any interception, had one interception, but listen, he's going to have his growing pains also. Th- threw 300 yards. Uh, Jason, I think that was you who said that, but all, all, all of you guys said that. But, yeah, I think look, those are my studs. 
Yeah, I, I've got a bonus stud. And uh, listen, we're, we're talking about MVP candidates. You got to start mentioning this kid's name, Josh Allen. Um, oh, yeah. The, Bill, the Buffalo Bills are undefeated. This guy is racking up the touchdowns and the yards. And oh, guess what, folks? He looks like a franchise quarterback. I mean, yeah. <laughs> what a novel concept. Uh, it, it's, it's a radical concept. It's a radical concept. You know? Yeah. You know, you got to look. Even our ancestors didn't get a good quarterback in Chicago. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> just destined not to ever have a good quarterback. I just, I'm, I didn't accept it already. Like, if we get one, it'd probably surprise me more than not getting one. So, I've, I've accepted it. Like, it's over. I mean, since we put Bob Avellini in the playoffs in 1977, I've been sick. So that's how long I've been sick. So I don't know about the rest of y'all. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> you, you watch it around the league. It's just it's a radical concept, and and you know his organization makes it an outstanding trade to get him a number one wide receiver. And guess what? Their offense takes off completely. I mean, it's just just radical concepts we're talking about here, folks. But Josh Allen, I mean, my goodness, he looks really, really good. I've got him in my uh, sort of quote unquote MVP power rankings, right behind Russell Wilson at number two. What, a quick thing before you go on. You know what the Bears front office seemed like they would do? Pull off a magnificent trade and get like a Sam Donald or something. That, that looks like the type of move that that front office will make. Like, that's that's the kind of move they'll make. They yeah. wouldn't move Josh Allen, but they'll move for a Sam Donald or something. Yeah, don't don't get me started, man. Don't get me started. I've, I've got theories on why some of the stuff has happened, especially in recent years. Um, but they look like they're about to mess this thing up again with this Allen Robinson situation. We haven't really gotten into this this season, but they're like they're about to throw that thing in the tank too. If they don't re up this man, he, I, I will, I, my head will literally explode. He has been arguably a top ten, at the very least, a top fifteen wide receiver in the league since his arrival. It, with no question, he's been their only bright spot in three years. It, it, with no quarterback. With no quarterback, if they do not re-up him, I, I, I might boycott my Bear Hood fandom. I might. Mm-hmm. Oh, my goodness. Okay. All right. Uh, duds, keeping with that theme here. Duds, what are your duds? Uh, uh, the Tennessee Titans, it looks like they, they might have uh, broken uh, COVID-19 protocols from the NFL. Of course, they were supposed to play the Steelers on Sunday. That didn't happen as of this broadcast. 20 people from the Titans organization, 10 players and 10 personnel had tested positive for COVID-19. Their game uh, next week against Buffalo is in jeopardy right now. They won't be allowed into the facilities until Wednesday if nobody else from the organization tests, tests positive for COVID-19. So that, that's my dud. Number two dud for me is the Dallas Cowboys defense. Uh, it was atrocious against Cleveland. Uh, you cannot have that. And in my third dud, uh, uh, this is a bonus dud for me, the Detroit Lions. Yes, I had the Saints winning the game yesterday, but Detroit came out on fire scoring the first, I believe, 14 to 21 points of, of the game. And I said, Detroit is going to pull a Detroit. And guess what happened? With no Michael Thomas and, and uh, no, uh, none of their star defensive backs for the Saints, Drew Brees did it again. The Saints came back and held on for a six-point victory. The Detroit Lions defense gets – the whole Detroit team gets a, a dud for me. 
And uh, my duds, uh, I'm going to start with Matt Nagy. Because he, he, he the leader of that ship in Chicago, and I think he's staring it over smooth waters in a rough way. Uh, so he gets my first dud. My second dud, the Dallas Cowboys. Shout out to Miss Jenny Reynolds. Dallas been losing because of fruits. I mean, you, love, you, you, you know, Dallas is stuck in a fruit world right now, and I think it goes up top to Jerry Jones. You know, they had their watermelon situation. Now they got their banana situation. But when you look at America's team in general, they're not playing like they're America's team, and they got a whole lot more talent than we got, and they still look just about as bad as we do. So I, I expected a lot more from Dallas. Oh, I think I'm going to go with here. So <laughs> we talked about the Cowboys, and we talked – well, we haven't talked about the Jets yet. So we're going to talk about my other favorite team as far as does go. The Houston Texans, once again. <laughs> uh, oh, Lord. They are, your face uh, like a red card. <laughs> at home, mind you, they allow the Minnesota Vikings to hold the ball almost 40 men. I mean, it, what else do we have to say about this team? Like, what, what else has to happen before Bill O'Brien gets fired? They're 0 4. They they really don't have an offense, even though they did score some points. But that was late. They had to, that was a rally that 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 actually made the score thirty one twenty three. They weren't really in the game. This man needs to be fired today. So does Matt Patricia. You guys talked about the court already, so I'll leave that alone. Mm -hmm. These two gentlemen need to be fired. Their team looked bad, and it's not going to get any better with them at the head coaching position. Houston, 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 Houston. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't know, I don't know what I can tell you about Houston, man. I mean, you know, they can't blame it on the quarterback. So uh, what they going to do? Right, yeah, uh, exactly. Um, I'll go. Um, again, this pains me. Arizona, another yeah. dud. I mean, yeah, Patrick Peterson had an interception. Kyler Murray didn't throw any interceptions, but that secondary is, is a problem. They were able to let Terry, you know, Teddy Bridgewater sort of move the chains and kept drives alive. That, you know, that secondary is becoming a glaring you know, issue for... Yeah, Patrick Peterson had an interception yesterday. Congrats to him. Yeah, that, yeah. I mean, but we, you need more of that. <laughs> Yeah, if, especially if they're if we're trying to win a division, that division is still very winnable. It does get me. They they have a pretty good schedule. Arizona does, but they need to start playing like it. They get the Jets this week, and you know, mm -hmm. in New York. I guess I think they're staying in the East Coast, but I, I, you know, hopefully they can beat up on them. But I think if you want a chance to be near the top of the elites, I think you're gonna have to beat teams like Carolina. Hopefully those losses don't come back to bite them in the butt. But Arizona is one of my duds. You guys already covered Detroit. You guys already covered um, Houston. But uh, another dud, I really can't give this team a dud. I mean, I wasn't expecting them to win. But I I'll say the Bears then because just because they didn't have a game plan. Cordero Paz is not a running back. And I, I just I just think that the teams who, who we thought they were, and I think this, like, like I've been saying for the last month, and people always looked at me like I was crazy. 
But that 3-0 and is a mirage. Sorry. <laughs> oh, wait, a vote is done. Uh, New York Jets defensive coordinator, Greg, Greg Williams, ain't that the gentleman's yeah. name? Yeah. Yep. They're down there trying to hurt people, man. That wasn't cool Thursday night. So no. that, I forgot about him. Yeah, he gets one. That wasn't cool what they was doing. They was teeing off on uh, that little quarterback. It was his first game, too. So they was they was teeing off on him. Then they was talking about they was disrespected for him trying to run out of bounds or something. I don't know about all that. But, yeah. Just for a show. Why, is he still, why is he still in the league after everything that happened when he was in New Orleans? It's, it's just beyond me. But <laughs> I, I got uh, yeah, I got a bonus dud. The San Francisco 49ers. I did not watch that game, but I did turn to it towards the end. Of course, so who's that starting quarterback? Whoever was that starting quarterback, Nick Mullins. Yeah. And then yeah. toward the end they had CJ Beathers uh, at, at the quarterback. I was like, what the hell is going on here? And then yeah. uh, as you mentioned, Jason he before he came on the show. Yeah, the Philadelphia finally decided to wake up in the fourth quarter with that comeback win. C.J. Beathard looked better than Nick Mullins did. At least he took him down the field a couple of times. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I mean, in, in spots, actually, C.J. Beathard, I think that was two years ago, actually, I think played pretty well for uh, for the 49ers in spots. Um, but, they, yeah, they. I mean, listen, they. No, nobody's mistaking Jimmy Garoppolo for a world, world beater, but, I mean, he is their starting quarterback. They're going to struggle without him. So they need him back at the helm um, to at least to give them a, a chance at, at winning games. But. Um, yeah, they didn't look good. Um, I do want to pat myself on the back a little bit on that win. I thought that was cool. <laughs> all right, um, all right. You know, but, but, but listen, I mean, that, well, I, I, I just figured, you know, the, the Niners were sort of trending down. I mean, I think they were sort of ripe for the picking in a, in a bit of an upset, a bit of a letdown. And, and you know, don't, don't really take too much stock in the Eagles winning. I think they still got their own, you know, myriad issues as well, but um, kind of had that one on the radar. All right, we got two Monday night games coming up tonight. Uh, we know the circumstances for the Patriots Chiefs. Cam Newton tested positive for COVID over the weekend. They had a delay. They had a delay in flying to Kansas City. They, I think they're just now in Kansas City, and apparently Jared Sidham is not going to have any first team reps. And the way the Chiefs have been playing lately, yeah, Brian, that's not good. Brian Hoyer going to come out and destroy Patrick Mahomes on Monday Night Football. You, you really believe that statement, Lamont? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. You really believe that? Uh-uh. Oh, okay. Okay. I'll just... <laughs> somebody, somebody in the Hoyer family probably writing that. But, yeah, I, uh, you know, I, I meant to text you guys, um, you know, yesterday when, when the news broke about the, about the rescheduling of the game. Well, actually, Saturday. I wanted to, Can I change my pick? Like, can I officially change my pick on this game? Because <laughs> I had to. <laughs> I had the Patriots winning originally. Obviously, that was that was with a Cam Newton starting. So I want to know, like, like, can I officially change well, my? Pick? Since the game hasn't, since hasn't played yet, we'll we'll give you a mulligan. Okay, okay, good, good. Uh, I don't I don't think the Patriots will win now at all. Yeah, I mean, I I just don't. I mean, I think they could possibly keep it close, but without Cam Newton, they, they don't. I don't really give them a shot. Now what? Yeah, they're running backs. Yeah, the running back Sony Michelle will be out for tonight's game. And I said on our last podcast that the Patriots need to run the ball. It looks like Rex Burkhead might, might get the majority of those carries now. Uh, I think the Patriots will uh -oh. play what they need to do and not turn the ball over. 
uh, they should win this game going away. I don't think it's going to be a, as much as a blowout as people would think. I'll say between, between 10 and 15 points for the Chiefs. Same now, here. I, I think the Chiefs will end up winning it. What would happen if New England won? What would the, what would the sports people be saying tomorrow if New England won? I, I think yep. the narrative would be how much of a genius Bill Belichick is instead of the, mm -hmm. the egg that the Chiefs and Andy Reid would lay at home because I think yeah. people like to give Bill Belichick a lot more credit than what he – don't get me wrong, he's a great coach. But I think, to answer your question directly, I think the narrative will be Bill Belichick and his quote-unquote genius more so than Andy Reid and the Chiefs just wetting the bed at home. Yeah. I don't think they will, but – Yeah. All right, what about Atlanta and the Packers? Devontae Adams did say he wasn't going to be able to play, but I guess he deleted the tweet. Maybe maybe I, the, the, the coaches probably thought, uh, don't don't tweet that out there. So, but it doesn't like that. Like, do not hit send. Yeah, so, but I don't, but even if he doesn't play, I don't think it's going to matter. I, I think, I think the Packers, look, Aaron Rodgers will have other guys he can throw to, and I'm sure Aaron Jones will run around that Atlanta defense. So, I, the Packers, I have the Packers win, and I'm going to stick to that. Yeah, I'm still oh, Lamont. Yeah, Lamont had to ask you a question about that game on our last podcast uh, on Friday. You said this was going to be a high scoring game. I think the total, you can look this up, Lakino, is uh, 58, 58 or 56. 58. 58. You, you, yeah, so you still think it's going to go over that total tonight? Yeah, I'm still taking the over on that game. Okay. Okay. We'll, we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, taking the over on that game. It's going to be like a 30 29 or something like that. I can I can no, I, do that. What was that, Jason? No, I was just saying I can I can actually see that. Um, I can I can see the Falcons playing better and putting up points on the Packers. Um, but I I, I still want to pick them to win. I think that'll be a dramatic. I, I, I pick them to win. win. I just picked over. I, I picked Green Bay to win. Right. But right. And they going mm -hmm. over that. It's fifty six and a half. I think they're going over that. Right. But 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 listen. It, it, uh, again, and this we're, we're, we're going to talk about the Green Bay organization a little bit here. I mean, they are they are thinner than me at the wide receiver position, man. It, it, it's it's ridiculous. Um, Alan Lazard is out probably, possibly for the rest of the season. They've just got it as an indefinite status right now. Um, obviously, Devontae Adams is banged up. I mean, they, they're getting down to their third, fourth, and fifth guys here at wide receiver. So this is an issue that the Green Bay Packers organization has not addressed in decades, they need wide receiver help. They might oh. be thick, but they're thicker than you at quarterback. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that's why they got a shot. They're going to always have a shot. Like, we will never have a shot until we get thicker than you at quarterback. I mean, that, that's, that's the bottom line. Uh, going back to our duds, one more bon bonus dub before we close out this segment. Uh, toward the, at the end of that of that uh, New York Giants Los Angeles Rams contest yesterday, where the Rams won seventeen to nine, Jalen Ramsey started trouble with uh, Golden Tate New York Giants wide receiver. They were in a scrum for a couple of minutes. I didn't know this until I was watching Sports Center this morning. Uh, if I have this story right, if I don't, one of y'all please correct me. Jalen Ramsey shares two of his kids with Golden Tate's sister, so I guess they had some sort of family issue over the past year. And it boiled over in yesterday's game. Uh, both of them, definitely Jalen Ramsey, as um, they they definitely both need knocked up upside the head. That was, that was ridiculous what happened yesterday at the end of that game. Yeah, I saw that. It was just like definitely a bonus dud, couple of bonus duds. Come on, that wasn't necessary. Yeah, 
Yeah, that's not cool. Not cool at exactly. all. Exactly. Especially this year when you practice, you're trying to practice social distancing. Uh, that, that was not smart at all. One other quick question before we head out this segment. Lamont, did you catch any of the Seattle-Miami game yesterday? And so what grade would you give Dick Stockton? <laughs> I didn't catch I didn't catch none of it. I was uh I had to do some stuff yesterday, so I had to get my mother on the plane. So I'm like the little kid in the movie right now. I'm home alone for two weeks. I don't know what to do. <laughs> oh, <gosh. laughs> oh Lord. All right. Now on that note, we're gonna take a bit of uh intermission here. We're gonna talk about some of the other stuff that's going on. Then will be playoffs. Unfortunately, both the Cubs and the White Sox are not no longer in the playoffs. You got the NBA Finals. Jimmy Butler with a big performance last night, historical performance last night. Also, we'll talk college football studs and duds um, and, and a whole lot more. So stay with us for more Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. Zoom style. All right. Welcome back to segment two of Second City Sports Zoom style. Zoom style. All right, we're getting better. we're getting better at that. Once again, I'm Keenan McGee. You can follow me at Keenan McGee on Twitter and at Keenan underscore McGee on the Instagram. You can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S I D K I D A zero. That's S I D K I D A zero. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott sixty nine on Instagram, and Lamont Scott sixteen on Twitter. I am Jay Pfeiffer, and you can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter, and you can follow our show's Twitter handle at 2NDCSCHI. Follow us. We follow back. All right, we got a lot to get to this second hour, gentlemen. Um, start with the M- MLB playoffs. Unfortunately, both the Cubs and the White Sox went out with a whimper. So you guys well, want to do Well, one team more so than the other. Well, uh, mm, yeah. the tie there. One team we expected to go out, but just not so quick. All right, so what are your synopsis then? Finish up. I mean, I, 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 mean, I kind of expected the White Sox inexperienced to catch up with them eventually. And uh, their coaching also, I expected some of that to come into play and catch up with them. Man, I just expected a little more out of the Cubs because they've been there, they got experience, they were at home, and they were playing with the eighth seed, if you want to call it that. So, I mean, yeah, I expected a lot more out of the Cubs. They disappointed me, and they might have made it, so they have to make a few shakeups on the north side going forward. So, I don't, I don't know, but they kind of followed the trend that they had all year long with their stars not showing up. Their stars just didn't show up this year. Maybe the season was too short. But they stars didn't show up, and that that leaves a lot of questions with them. Because what do we do with Chris Bryant at this point, going forward? You know what I'm saying? So yeah, they got some decisions to make over on the north side. But congratulations still to that, but definitely. And with the White Sox, I mean, I think it's gonna go back to their coaching. I think they may need to get that Ozzy Guillen back type person in there if it's not him himself. But uh. They're going to have to make a couple of moves, and one of them will be keeping James McCann. I think they need to keep him, and when they don't use him as a catcher, use him as a DH. And, you know, we might be right back in the mix and get another pitcher. We, got, we need a front-line starter. But, I mean, I'm, I'm looking bright. I mean, we got bright futures on both sides still, though. Go ahead, Sid. I'm going last. Uh, yeah. 
Uh, but as far as the White Sox are concerned, I don't know if James McCann will be used as a DH if they decide to bring him back. I know he's a personal catcher for Lucas Giolito, and so he does bring some value. But if he, he if he is brought back, he, he won't be used as a DH. You got yes, money Grandal for that. To a lesser extent, if he's injured, Jose Abreu for that. I think that spot of entry will be uh, will be filled by Eloy Jimenez if he doesn't improve his play in the outfield next year. Uh, Ricky Renteria, uh, if it was up to me, I would bring Isaac in back in, instead of Ricky Renteria, but you, we all know how the White Sox operate. Technically, Renteria did earn this chance to manage a, a good team. As I said in our last podcast, uh, all the all the expectations, I know the players embraced it this year, which is good, but next year the expectations get even higher. So the, the fans need to embrace that. The organization needs to embrace that. Some more, so uh, all this the kids can play. All this, oh, this is a feel good team. All that, all that kumbaya, Walt Disney crap is out the window now. You in the big leagues now, so it's time to grow up some more and have some expectations even higher for this team. As far as the Cubs are concerned, this trend, even though they missed the playoffs last year, this trend as far as playoff games and, uh, and the lack of offense has continued. Remember two years ago, I know Jason, not to rub it in, but. Two years ago, you lost to the Milwaukee Brewers for the NL Central Division title due to the lack of offense, and that game was at home. The NL wildcard game against Colorado the next night, lack of offense, you lose there. So uh, you were out of the playoffs before you really uh, set your foot in. This year, it happened again. You scored one run in game one against the Miami Marlins. I believe you were shut out in game two, If I believe. But the, the, the consistent theme here for the Cubs these last few years have been lack of offense. And with that being said, it looks like your run at 2017 trying to go back to the World Series seems like a lifetime ago, but that's been the best playoff run following your World Series win in 2016. So for the Cubs, uh, the lack of, uh, as you pointed out, Lamont, the lack of superstars showing up during these big moments, which they were known for in 15 and 16, and to a lesser extent in 17, uh, it hasn't happened the last few years. It is going to be a shake-up. The question is, who stays and who goes? Yeah, so that's why I say one team was more competitive and one team went without went with more of a whimper than the other one, Lakina. The White Sox were competitive. They even had a chance to maybe even steal a game three. They were kind of in that game. The, the, the mm-hmm. Cubs weren't competitive. They, they haven't been competitive. And it's been this way for five years now, outside of 2016. Um, it should be embarrassing, but if you heard the guys talk about it after the game, it, it, it didn't really seem to bother them. And I think that's a, been another part of why they've failed the past few years. They've seemed to rest on the laurels of 2016, and that was, like you said, Sydney, a lifetime ago. I mean, they, they, you, 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 they were 0 for 12 in game two. I'm talking about the big three here, or the, the quote-unquote big three in Javi Baez, Chris Bryant, and Anthony Rizzo. They were 0 for 12 in a closeout game. Swinging and missing, not even, not even really looking like they had a clue of, of, of how to take a professional at bat. That's what... <laughs> and, he was throwing, and he was throwing all fastballs. He was throwing all... 80% of that man pitches are fastballs. You knew and that was coming. You and they're swinging through it. You're right, Lamont, and they were swinging through it throughout the whole series, just swinging and missing, whipping throughout the whole series. It, it's a shame Ian Happ and David Bowie, Bowie 
was our leaders for the season, in a sense. That was, that was the MVPs right there. And you Darvish. You Darvish did his job. You Darvish did his job. Mm-hmm. Yep, not putting this on you, Darvish, at all. I thought he was going to pitch exactly the way he pitched in that game, too. He was really, really good. This is, this is once again, on the lack of a Cubs offense. Um, it was no surprise to me that Ian Happ and Jason Hayward made the most noise in the series because they were the ones that were making the, no, the most noise throughout this entire 60-game shortened season. Yep. Um, Baez, Rizzo, and Bryant struggled to hit above the Mendoza line the entire season. The season. So, you have got to perform better. There will be a shakeup somewhere, somehow. Kyle Schwarber, I love the guy. He's probably got to go. Um, Jose Quintana, been injured this year, really didn't pitch. He's got an option coming up this year. He's probably not going to be back. Tyler Chatwood, probably not going to be back. Chris Bryant, folks, the divorce is already in the process. And I have three of them. So uh, I'm, I'm I, I'm good with divorces. I had three of them, so we can. We, we can. Oh God! Well, well, <laughs> oh Jesus Christ! If, if, if you follow the Chris Bryant story the past two, three seasons, this is this is the likely, most likely conclusion, guys. And for you know whether it was you know lack of an, a contract extension, inconsistencies, not reaching expectations really outside of one MVP year. Look, I, mean, I, think, I think it's time for Chris Bryant to look at other places. So there, there will be changes because there need to be changes. This team needs to be different next year. John it's Lester, interesting to see what they what what direction it looks like. Maybe Theo Epstein might be back for one more year. They haven't had their meetings yet as of this this recording. So we'll be interested to see what happens with that. Um, I don't know what's going to be sort of the mindset? Are the Cubs going to try to go for it again and maybe with this core or are they going to start, you know, tearing it down? That's going to be like the big question for the White Sox. I mean, at, at this point, yes, the expectation next year is going to be higher. You need another pitcher, another starter, probably even middle reliever because that was a, excuse me, that, that reared his ugly head in that third game against the A's. So I think, for me, I, I think both teams will be dependent on which what the front offices is to decide. That's up to them. So this this offseason for Chicago baseball is going to be very interesting. Qu question for you three guys before we move on. Um, and sorry to kind of go on my, my long soliloquy there. I, uh, I apologize. But but do you think the Cubs are can still be competitive? This is strictly a Cubs question. We know what the White Sox are going to be, I believe, coming in the next season. Like everybody thinks, they're probably going to need a, a another starter, <clears throat> Jose Quintana. I mean, I would look at those options. <laughs> no, I, you, you laugh, Sid, but I think it's a really, really viable thing that they should look at. He, yeah. He, he is a perfect third starter. He is perfect. They've got Giolito. They've got Keiko. If Quintana is there as your third starter, he is perfect in that role. He, he's, he's absolutely perfect for it. So I think they need to look at that. But for the Cubs, do you even think – they can even still be competitive going into next year, or has the window officially closed? Uh, if they if, if they move him, if they if just mentioning that Quintana, even if they were to move him back over to the south side for like an Ingle or somebody, they would have to get something that they can use. And the Cubs can still make a little rub. They got to tweak a couple of things, and they need some energy. They need an energy player. I mean, everybody you got there got a ring, so they chilling. We need some energy. We need an Adam Engel or 
somebody to I mean, it was Javi Baez till he became a star, and now he mystified you up sometimes. But he used to be on. He used to be on team every game. Now he, every third game, he'll give you a play like that. But that man used to come out every all one sixty, whatever he played, on ten. And I think they need to get some type of fire like that back in that clubhouse. And and, and it, it mean moving Quintana to the White Sox and getting somebody young back. So be it. I think for the Cubs, you, you're not rebuilding, you're retooling. Here's why. One, because of the business side. You had that marquee network, which started this year. Of course, uh, their, their games were shortened because of this pandemic and, of course, with the shortened schedule. So they're not going to totally rebuild although if you look deep into it, they need to rebuild their minor league system. With that being said, I think there are going to be some tweaks. I think Javi Baez will stay. I, I think I'm 99.9% .9 sure on that. Chris Bryant, uh, he, he's going to get a long-term contract, but I don't know how, how much money he's going to get because the, the money did not come in for any of these teams this year due to COVID. So Chris Bryant will still get a big-time contract, but it's not going to be as much because, like I said, there were no fans in the stands this year, so you, that revenue is gone for 2020. Number three, they got revitalized that bullpen. Is Jeffers going to be your closer next year? Is Craig Campbell, I think he's going to go into next year in his third and final year, I believe, uh, in the Cubs uniform. Is he going to have a chance to regain that spot? Because he didn't look good this year. So you have to take a look at that there. And with the pitching rotation, you may have to say goodbye to John Lester if you don't bring him back on the quote-unquote team-friendly deal. Kyle Hendricks and Hugh Darvish, they're safe for now. But as far as the rest of that starting rotation, you still have some work to do. Yeah, I, I got to agree with all of you guys. I think they are going to retool the Cubs are. I don't think, especially if this is going to be Theo's last go-around, I think they're going to try to win for him. They are going to have to probably make some tweaks, maybe try to bring in another starting pitcher, maybe bring in that energy guy, like you said, Lamont, to kind of like, you know, put, you know, put, you know, kick the team in the butt and sort of like get their energy going. Cause I think they kind of been sort of lax, not all of them, but I think some of them probably been lax, you know, the, the, these last couple of years. So yeah. it might be something that they, they think about doing. So we'll see. I mean, like I said, the off season for both these teams are going to be very interesting. So let's preview right quick. The teams that are still left in the playoffs. This is basically like all AL East, NL East, AL East, and NL East, basically. Uh, we'll start with a game tomorrow. They're such good friends in the AL West. You got Houston and Oakland. Where do you guys see this series? Uh, that game's tomorrow? I thought it was today. It's today. Oh, okay. I thought you said tomorrow. Oh, sorry. I might um, have said it. I might have misspoke. My bad. Um, <laughs> boy, I... I, I really do not like Carlos Correa. He's a hell of a player. <laughs> He's a hell of a player. Don't get me wrong. But the Astros are have rubbed everybody the wrong way. And I hope the Athletics blow the doors off of them in three games. I, I really hope they sweep them. I honestly don't think that's going to happen. But I, 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 think, I think their mini run is over because of the ineptitude of the Minnesota Twins. I know we don't have time to get into them right now, but the Minnesota Twins are, are hot garbage. And, Sydney, I got I to gotta give it up to you, man. I, 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 you, you watched the Twins firsthand, man. I can't – how do you lose 18 playoff games in a row? Okay, okay, okay. I can't, I, it's not about the Twins. I get it. But I, 
God, I, I, I can't give the Astros much of, much of a chance here. I just can't. I, I'm like you, Jason. I, I just can't clap for Astro right now. That's maybe I'm still stuck in the past or so, but I can't. I'm gonna be rooting so hard for Oakland. Like if Ricky Henderson and Reggie Jackson was on the field, I'm gonna be rooting for Oakland. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> going to the way I mean, machine for that. <laughs> man, that's that's how hard I'm gonna be rooting for them. You know, Sal Bando. That's how bad I'm gonna be rooting for them. I mean, until until Houston change completely for me like i need to look on that team and see nine new faces that wasn't involved in none of it i'm gonna probably feel the same way about them so i'm, I'm rooting for oakland regardless i got oakland in four games because i think they're a well-balanced team uh they they did what they had to do in, to beat the chicago white Sox, except for in game one which they threw out a left-handed starter which you should learn by now that you cannot pitch that White Sox team uh, as a left-handed starter. So there you go. But outside of that, I think Oakland's a complete team. Houston, they did what they had to do against an overrated bad starting pitcher from the Twins that I've been telling you guys all season long. <laughs> you don't, you can not bring just your offense during the playoffs. It's all about pitching, great starting pitching and defense. And Minnesota has not had that. That's all right. They have a current 18-game losing streak uh, in the playoffs. So I have Oakland in that. Houston has to show me a little bit more. They've been up and down, as we've been saying all year. I think Oakland is the better team. That's why they won a division. They're going to take care of business in four games. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I just don't see the A the A sort of letting this opportunity pass. I think Houston, you, know, you hate to say they got lucky, but you know Minnesota, there's a reason why they lost 18 in a playoff games in a row for 18 straight. To, I'm just saying they haven't – I don't think they've won a playoff game – Minnesota has, I think, since they last won the World Series back in 91. I might be mistaken nope. about that. Or... Nope, nope, you're right. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, it's been that long. So, I just like the A's. They're balanced. I think, I think people are going to see how good this A's team is. I just think that's the – all right, another series that starts. Oh, should be a good one here. In the AL East, you got the Yankees and the Rays. I love this series. <laughs> should be a fun one. Yeah. I just want to yeah, watch it. You know what I'm saying? I just want to watch it. I want to watch every game I can of that series because it's going to be fun. And if the if the monsters get knocked off their head, I, I'm okay with the Yankees losing. I really am because, you know, I'm just okay with it. I'm okay with the Yankees losing. So I'm going to root real hard for the Yankees. I think your game one starters tonight are Blake Snell for Tampa Bay and Garrett Cole for the Yankees. If Tampa Bay can, can steal game one, uh, it's going to set the tone for that series. I think I said this on our last podcast on Friday. I expect this series to go to five games. I'm still holding out hope for that. That's my expectation. I think the Yankees will find some way to win, but it wouldn't surprise me if Tampa Bay won. Tampa Bay owned the Yankees this year, even though it's a shortened schedule. And, yes, uh, everybody on the Yankees who's healthy now, they weren't healthy in the beginning of the season when Tampa was being up on them. So, I think the Yankees, this is their time to shine. You saw what they did in that two-game sweep against Cleveland in that wild-card series round. They better bring those bats, but most importantly, they better sure up uh, that starting pitching after Garrett Cole and their bullpen better step up because if it doesn't, they're going to be sent home early. I'm picking the Yankees as an expert to win in five, but I'm rooting as a fan so hard for Tampa Bay. They don't get the credit that they deserve. They better bring their gloves, too. Because they got to play some yeah. defense. Yes. That's what they got to bring. 
I mean, like you say, I'm rooting. I'm rooting for. The, I'm rooting for Tampa Bay. They got to bring their gloves. I, I mean, I'm, I got to bring their gloves. Jason. Yeah, I mean, this is a series that we've all been looking forward to. I think uh, all of us have. Boy, I think it's a long series, but man, I it's kind of a toss up. I agree with all of your sentiments, Lamont and Sydney. Love, love, love Tampa Bay, but I think the Yankees bats are slightly better than a Tampa Ray. Tampa Bay Rays bats. I think in five games, I think the Yankees will win it. But boy, this is I, I, I look forward to this being a long and really, really good series. Yeah, I think Cindy, I think you just said it said it a couple of minutes ago. The Yankees were not healthy during that time. The Rays were able to beat up on them. Now that everyone's healthy. If they can get the pitching together, both the starting and the relief pitching together, and they got the bats going, they're gonna be tough to beat. Although I listen, the Rays are no pushovers. I'm going to say Yankees in five as well. Okay. Break, real quick, before you move on, Lakina, breaking news for that um, Oakland-Houston series. For okay. game one, okay. Josh Reddick will start at DH, and Michael Brantley will be in your starting left fielder mm. for game one. Okay. okay, interesting. Yep. Interesting. Okay, let's go to the NL now. You got the Marlins and Atlanta. I think, well, I think the Braves will sweep it. I think that they have a bad taste in their mouth from, still from the last playoff. They kind of had Atlanta's number, especially in the last couple of meetings. I, I think the Braves are just too much. Like Freddie Freeman, if, if the pitching is good, if Freddie Freeman does his thing and all the other batters do their thing, Max Freed starts tonight. I mean, tomorrow, I should say, tomorrow afternoon. So if he has his, has his good stuff, I think the Braves will probably win this series. And I think they'll do what the Cubs should have done to the Marlins <laughs> and sweep them. <laughs> Sorry, Jason. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, you're, you're absolutely right. I think this is a sweep. I don't think this series is very competitive. Uh, again, we, you, the, the Marlins aren't pitching to the Chicago Cubs. The Braves have in, in, in a legit Major League Baseball offense. I mean, that's just what they, they, they – I mean, there's the, no other way to put it. They're, they they're, they're, the yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right, Lamont. They're going to hit those fastballs. They're not going to swing through them or watch them go right down the middle of the plate for a called strike three. They're going to smash those fastballs. And Freddie Freeman, Ozzie Albies, Ronald Acuna Jr., too much. <laughs> going to be too much for the Marlins. Sweet. Sweet. I'm going with yeah. sweet. I'll be that meatball to give the Marlins one game, just one game, but the Braves are a better team. They'll take care of the series in four. Oh, well, that was quick. Uh, all right. And the other – Divisional series should be a fun one there at all. In a West matchup, you got the Padres and the Dodgers. Who wants to start this one off? Me. Me. All right. Go ahead, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> go ahead. You guys know where I'm going with this. You guys know where I'm going with this. They're going to beat them. And I think they're going to beat them in five games and break their heart like, like typical do in Dodgers fashion. Like, I, I think the Dodgers are going to go up two games to none and then lose the next three. I, I, I'm, I'm picking the Padres. I am, and I'm sticking with it. Th these two teams know each other. The Padres played the Dodgers well, even though I think the Dodgers won the majority of the games. I have to look it back up. I saw it earlier. Um, but they, they, they played them well. They've got energy. They're hungry. I think they're going to win this series. Again, I think they're going to break Dodgers fans' hearts in typical Dodgers fans' fashion. Um, I actually – one big key, the other big keys here, Clevenger is probably going to be back. He's probably going to be back for this series, if probably in game two or three. 
So depending on what game that is, I, I like the Padres' chances a lot. They, the bats woke up. Manny Machado, Fernando Tatis Jr., you guys know how I feel about him. Been raving about him for years now. He is probably one of the new faces of baseball, if not already. Um, and l- listen, they've got a veteran presence and a guy like a Eric Hosmer who knows how to get it done in playoff time. Uh, Will Myers is, is a stud. Um, he, he, man, he looks like he's been like he chops wood for a living. I mean, the guy is just <laughs> guys. Their offense is something else. I can't wait to see this. I can't wait for it. I'm picking the Padres in five. Uh, I'm on that train, man. Uh, I look for uh, the Dodgers to be like a pipe with pressure, as always. They will bust, and the thing that's gonna bust them this year will be those bats of San Diego. They, like you say, when they woke up, led by when you Fernanda, that is a superstar right there, and that and that team goes how he goes, and when he took off, they took off, and I think they're gonna continue to take off. Now, don't get me wrong, Mookie Betts gonna be Mookie Betts. I, I mean, it's obvious he that man, he gonna be that man. But the Dodgers, I don't think they can hold up under pressure until they show me that they can. They can keep their billion dollar budget. And we're going to see what happens. I'm going with the Dodgers in four. I think San Diego will bring it. Let's not forget, guys, we talk about Fernando Tatis Jr., which I told you guys all season long. He's one of my two top two candidates for MVP, along with Mookie Betts. Now, for the Dodgers, this is Mookie Betts' time. He needs to bring it, even though he has that contract extension he signed prior to the season. He's a Dodger for life, but he needs to bring it. And I think also Justin Turner, your third baseman, needs to bring it as well. And also the closer, uh, Kenley Jansen, can he hold uh, hold on to that spot uh, during the playoffs? It's going to be a real question. Those are the three keys I'm looking at for the Dodgers. For the Padres, like you, you guys mentioned, Fernando Tetis Jr., uh, he was big in that wild card series upset series win over St. Louis. Can he continue to uh, stay hot? And also Manny Machado, eyes are uh, the uh, the more eyes are going to be on him. Now, this will be his first division series. So, And this is his first going around in the playoffs. As I think it's his first goal. Well, it's his first as a Saint. Uh, it's his first as a Saint Diego Padre. San Diego, but, yeah. He, I think he went like a yeah, couple of times. Padre, so I want to see what he does, especially starting that contract before last season. So I got the Dodgers as a four. Right, you want yeah, to say something, Lamont? Right quick, uh, Manny Machado owed the Dodgers a little something, something. He's going to be mad at the Dodgers. He's going to be coming for the Dodgers' head. Uh, that's, I look forward to seeing that matchup. He's coming for their head. <laughs> I have the Dodgers in four here. This is going to be a fun series. I mean, I just think that the experience, the whole team, they're on a mission. They, look, don't be surprised if we have like 10 to 9, like 10 to 9, 8 7, those type of matchups. You know, Walker Bueller, I think, is starting game one. I'm not that, you know, there's no like, they haven't said who's going to start for the Dodgers yet, but I mean, for the Padres, I should say. But yeah, I, I think, look, I, I think the Dodgers are going to, like, you know, say, look, we know the pressure's going to be on them. And I think, look, Mookie Betts, he wants to have the big contract. He's going to take them by the hand and he say, look, I'll lead you guys back to the NL- to NLCS. Go ahead, Jason. Uh, that's a lot of weight. Well, well, I, I, you know what? I was going to say also as well, um, I, I think he will probably be the difference maker, Mookie Betts will, if, if the Dodgers win. I think it'll be a Mookie Betts type of show. Um, he's, he's certainly got the capabilities to do it. 
Um, and he can be a difference maker. But man, yeah, I we, I'm I'm looking forward to this. I think it's gonna be a long series. Uh, you guys are you guys are saying Dodgers and four. I I don't know. I don't, I don't know. We're all making kind of guesses here, right? So I mean, but man, I I just think I don't see this being a four game series. I think it's going five either way. That's the fun part, right? We can make yep. predictions. Yeah. <laughs> all right, let's go to the hardwood. You got the NBA finals. The Heat cut into that two games, and then Lee is now two one Lakers. Jimmy Butler probably had one of the best performances, single game performances. It's up there in finals history. What do you guys think? Do you think the Heat will be able to, you know, cut into this lead even more and tie it? Or do you guys think the Lakers will get back on track and perhaps pull away? I think that the Lakers will get back on track and take game four. Even though I did have the Lakers in six, Miami had a, a great performance in, in game three last night. Like you mentioned, Lincoln and Jimmy Butler leaned the way. Even though half his starting uh, mates uh, were out in, in terms of Adebayo and Gordon Dragic. Uh, Kendrick Nunn had some key um, plays as well last night. I want to focus in on the Lakers for a minute. LeBron James was the only player to score over 20-plus points. He had 25. Kyle Kuzma, finally he showed up. He had 19 points. but Anthony Davis with 15 points, even though his stats look great. Um, I'm kind of disappointed in him. He really disappeared, especially in that second half. So that's something that they got to correct. Anthony Davis needs to bring it uh, in game four tomorrow night. Uh, he needs to play all out for all four quarters. Uh, you remember we talked uh, the other day on Friday, I think I mentioned it to you all, that if Kendrick Nunn showed up, he could be a problem and he could make some form of a difference going forward. Have they figured something out to beat on the Lakers? I mean, if you go on hard alone, Miami will win the series. And like you said, Sid, Andy Davis need to show up for them to win the series. They can't win it with just LeBron trying to be LeBron against the whole Heat team. So, I mean, I'm looking forward to watching the rest of it, even though I thought the Lakers should walk through it with a gentleman sweep, as Jason put it. But if the Lakers continue to take Miami for granted and continue to think that they're not going to show up and play hard, they will lose a couple games and have to make it harder than what it should have been. Um, I'm, I'm, I haven't really moved from my predictions at all. Um, I said this is going to be a five-game series. It's still on track to be so. Um, I don't think Anthony Davis will play like he did the rest of this series. Um, and, and, and again, I, I mentioned this last week. You know, if the Lakers win, the narrative is going to be about LeBron. And he is not the most important player on this team. It's Anthony Davis. And mm -hmm. if Anthony Davis doesn't play well, it doesn't matter what LeBron does, the Lakers' chances of winning are significantly reduced. Um, I saw the stat, and I can't I, – I apologize for getting it wrong here or maybe getting a little mixed up, but there's only three players in NBA history that have had a 40-point triple-double. It's Jimmy Butler, LeBron James, and I believe the other guy was Jerry West. I can't remember who that other guy was, but I believe it's Jerry West. So, you know, you give it to Jimmy Butler for an incredible effort, but it's just one game. Yeah. That's why I think the Lakers will get back on – will right the ship and pull away – from this series. I think I, I just yeah look I mean I, I just think that look this was one one game and look you know AD didn't have his best game you kind of figure you could afford to do that at this point 
I'm sure he's going to get right back into it. Welcome to the NBA Finals, Kyle Kuzma. I mean, there, there was this sort of like petition that said he shouldn't get a ring, but that's <laughs> we won't get into that. But because he has he hasn't, <laughs> hasn't really showed up much in this this, this bubble. But look, I, I, look, it was a great performance by Jimmy Butler. I mean, I think this is like the, sort of the second time I think it's Shaq that you get you got 40 points in the finals out uh, attempting a three. But, uh, I mean, look, it, it happens. You know, they had an off night, and the Lakers did. I think the Lakers will get back on it tomorrow, and they'll be able to, you know, I think they'll, I think they'll, they'll pull out game four. Because I don't think they want to give the Heat any confidence going into what could be a clinching game five. So. Again, they might get some, they, they might get some of their guys back if they go to a game five, too. So, you probably don't want to go that far with them. For the Heat, shout out to Tyler Hero. He scored 17 big points in game three. Also, Duncan Robinson chipped in with 13. So, hopefully those guys will continue to, uh, to step up if the Heat wants to extend this series even further. Yeah, All well, right. Gotta, uh, oh, sorry, but uh, oh, we no, got to keep an eye on the status of Adebayo and Dragic. Dragic is probably not going to be back. Um, that injury looked really severe. Yeah. We got to keep an eye on Adebayo. I mean, I know that shoulder surgery, he's, he's sort of dealt with that on and off this season as well. So, uh, I mean, uh, again, great Herculean performance by Jimmy Butler, but, I mean, it's it's, it's probably going to be it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, should be. It, it should be it. I mean, when you're in situations like that and you, you're a superior talent like that, they're supposed to walk through there and smash Miami. I mean, heart only lasts you so long. They're supposed to beat them. But it will be led by Anthony Davis. And if Anthony Davis don't show up, they won't be. Yeah. Yeah. You're, you guys are absolutely right. So should be a fun one. Should be a fun one tomorrow night. Um, college football, week five. Um, <laughs> okay, the Pac-12 has released their schedule. Um, what, what, have you guys got a chance to look at it? What do you guys think, if you have? I didn't look at a, a complete schedule yet. I think I seen uh, um, the Arizona State USC game or something like that, uh, coming up. I think they had it marked uh, late October. I think they had it. I mean, I I, I want to see what happens with that. And, and and other college football. I mean, I I just think it's gonna be a mess when they try to pick which teams to put where at the end of the season. I think with all these abbreviated schedules and these late come-ins and these late go-bys, it's just going to be a mess in about two months with them trying to figure all that stuff out, though. And uh, K.J. Costello is human. Yeah. What a letdown. What a letdown against Arkansas. He is human. He's definitely human. So that was that was uh, good to find out that he's human. And, and, the, and the other things, I think the thing for college football this year should be reality. Because a lot of teams gonna have to face a lot of different realities, you know, the Oklahomas and the LSU's and a, a lot of that SEC gonna have to face a lot of different realities. And I think the theme of college football should be reality this year. And it's gonna make for some interesting games down the way. And a few teams gonna take some heartbreaking losses, and a bunch of changes might be made. But I watch. Yeah, that. speaking of yeah, speaking of reality, Lamont, I didn't catch much college football this weekend, but I did. Uh, check out two minutes of that Texas A&M Alabama game, and CBS had that oh, Goodyear blimp over the head shot. And as we said before about the crowds, I won't get into it too much here on this episode. But 
you could tell that social distancing was required because those fans were spreading out normally, especially as you talked, we talked about before, college football in the South is like a religion. And that stadium in Alabama and Tuscaloosa was at, I'll say, my, my guess is well, at least 20% capacity. I said, when we get back to normal, hopefully, which I think will be sooner rather than later, when we start college football next season, uh, that's going to be close to full again. I said, I said to myself, take a look at this. Well, you'll probably never see anything like this ever again in terms of crowds, especially down south for college football. Because you, you, you know as well as I do, Lamont, folks down there love their college football. And, and, and that stadium was not close to being full. So I said, once we get back to some type of normalcy, you're not going to see that ever again. They they was real loud at that Kentucky game too. They fans was deep. They was they was making some mm. noise at that Kentucky game. And uh yeah, I mean I think they're gonna have to do a little something with that. So I mean I look forward to seeing how the uh Big Ten games will look. That should be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I who's gonna have crowds who's not. Right, right. Um yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see. But no, just to get back to sort of the, the Pac twelve, um Definitely looking forward to. I was looking at the schedule, Lakina. Um, USC and uh, Arizona State. I, mean, I think uh, Lamont or Sid mentioned it. Um, Jaden Daniels, Keaton Slovis, two of the best young quarterbacks in the Pac 12. Uh, I've seen Jaden Daniels, I've seen some video on him. Um, he came across my Twitter timeline actually a few months ago. Um, he's really good. Um, so you know, looking forward to see what Herm Edwards and a, and a really good quarterback can do with, in Arizona State. Um, is Oregon going to remain at the top of the Pac-12? We'll see. They've, I, they've got a really good team, and I actually think they're bringing back a top three class coming into the next season. Um, I think if I saw that right, I could be wrong. Um, but, but you know, seven games in seven weeks, Lakina? Uh, mm-hmm. Is it going to work? Yeah, that, that's the million-dollar question. <laughs> is it good? Are there going to be issues, maybe? Because I know the West Coast, you know, they have things going on with not only COVID, but now you got the wildfires going on in some of these areas. I mean, air quality, will that be an issue, too? So, I mean, USC, UCLA, I mean, December 12th, that's always like a big rivalry game <laughs> for me. So that's always a fun thing to watch, no matter what the record. Um, USC, Utah, we'll see where both these teams are. That's on the 21st of November. And the, the championship game will be a week before Christmas, so that'll be an interesting thing while you're shopping. Um, well, online, I'm sure, per, you know, presumably. So, oh, they they still gonna have Black Friday. People gonna still be out there, hundred deep, fighting to get in Walmart. Wear <laughs> yeah, a mask, I I'm guess. Telling you, I told y'all now, people still gonna be out there. Social what? They gonna be like distance who? I need myself. They gonna still be out there. <laughs> Yeah, stealing items that they cannot afford. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's the sad part. Um, on the field, though, right now, I with Georgia. Georgia looks really good. Um, Stenson Bennett, that, that that definitely sounds like a, a an SEC QB name, right? He didn't have yep. touchdowns, but he had one touchdown, passed 240 yards. He's very, like, kind of reminds me, you know, with one of the, the Manny Bros and his demeanor. So, <laughs> there, Zamira White had uh, two touchdowns. Uh, runs, you know, they the defense dominated Auburn. I mean, they had three sacks. The defense did so. I'm I'm thinking this 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 Georgia team might be for real. We'll see, but I don't know. And also speaking, speaking of Georgia, for Florida, yeah. four touchdowns, yeah. a touchdown. You know, he yeah. had 22 receiving, um, uh, uh, 22 rushing yards. Only that, but 
he looks really good. So I think they may have finally found their quarterback. You, you were speaking of Georgia, just a quick sidebar with Georgia. The, their kicker, was that the kicker for uh, Indianapolis yesterday? Rico Blankenship? That's who was kicking for Indianapolis yes. yesterday? Yep. Yes. Yeah. He was 90 for 90 down there? Yep. And we didn't draft him? <laughs> just, I just... <laughs> I, I, I know you I, don't get me started don't, 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 get, me started. don't get Jason started on that oh. Oh, I'm sorry I just happened to notice that no I get it I know I understand how we missed that a lot of things the Bears organization have missed a lot we can go just a long long list a, a, a ticker tape list but, but, but I digress um, that, did y'all watch the Jacksonville State Florida State game I think Florida State might have found their quarterback. I think they finally found him. Finally. Yeah, finally. But they, finally. Were looking, they was looking real bad at first, though. I was getting nervous at first. But then they uh, made a change, a tweak of something, and they found their quarterback then. Yeah, he looked really good. I mean, you know, didn't throw any interceptions. So that's, a, that's, a, yep. that's you know, he rushed for 48 yards, passed for twenty for 210 and touchdown. So, yeah, I think they might have found their quarterback in Jordan Travis, finally. Yeah. Finally. Yep. Um, a couple more observations. I don't know if uh, Sid wanted to jump in, but I had a few more. Um, listen, <laughs> I, I, the, 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 where is the defense in the Big 12? Where, where is it? Where it's is in the Big 12. Jason, there's no defense in the Big 12. You know, you know what defense, what's that? Defense, you, what's that? Guys, <laughs> Lakina, we talked about this for a few seasons now. You know how I feel about the University of Texas. If they had any semblance of a defense, they'd be competing for national championships year in and year out. Mm -hmm. um, I, I want to give TCU credit, though. I think they're good. I, I, I think Max Dugan is pretty good. But, but come on. you gotta, you got to be able to stop somebody. <laughs> you got, they, they, they've got a national championship offense. They do. They have it. But their defense is deplorable. They got to be able to stop somebody. Otherwise, they're going to have another eight and four, nine and three disappointing season. They got to defense. Defense is required in the Big Twelve, Jason. You know this. <laughs> I know. It's, it's, but but that's the thing. Texas has had good teams. Okay, we have to go back a couple of decades now, I guess, right? But Texas right. had really good teams with really good defenses in the past. And and look, you, yeah. would think, you would also think being in. In that those defensive studs there, but apparently not. <laughs> I, I look, I, I don't know. I mean, I wish. <laughs> look, if I had an answer to that, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't know. I'd probably be. A, I'd probably be a millionaire <laughs> if I had an answer to that. But uh, I mean, what? excuse me. I think. Oh, look, OK State looked really good against. I know it was Kansas. I know. <laughs> I know it was Kansas. I know. But Chuba Hubbard had 145 uh, rush yards and ran for two touchdowns. Their defense actually didn't look too bad. I know it was Kansas. I know what you're going to say, Jason. It was Kansas, but they looked really good. I got to say, okay, so they looked really good. Just saying. I mentioned this Friday. Uh, Tennessee, man. We, you know, we, we was calling for Tennessee head. And Tennessee, you think they real? You think they uh, want to make some noise? Well, I'll I, I tell you what. Their defense looks really, really good. And their defense has actually looked good the past couple of seasons. Um, 
you know, we'll see. It looks like that SEC East is going to be really, really, really tough, man. I mean, yeah. they've got, you know, they've got Florida on the schedule. They've got Kentucky. They've got Georgia. They play Georgia we'll Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. 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 So, you know, we'll see. But, I mean, I definitely like the way their defense looks for sure. I'm just glad they bounced back, man. I'm glad, you know, they got, they got a reason to put the Tennessee shirt on again. I, I agree because we talked about Tennessee the past few years. When Tennessee's good, the entire SEC is good. I mean, I know they don't necessarily need Tennessee to be good to be a great conference, but Tennessee is one of the, you know, those old-time stalwarts of, of, of good SEC, you know, teams and, and conferences. So when they're good, it just doesn't You're used to seeing that check with end zone in important games. Yeah. yeah. Oklahoma? What the heck's wrong with Oklahoma? I, I, I don't know what to <laughs> – I mean, I, I don't want to take anything away from K-State. I think they just signed their head coach to an extension probably because of that, because of that winning is Oklahoma. But what the hell? I mean, come on. There, there are already people down in Norman that are asking for uh, Lincoln Riley's head. So, I don't <laughs> – look, I don't know, but – He's trying, he trying to give him his head. I mean, it's, well, maybe it's – Listen, I think Oklahoma's going to be all right. They're another team that that always loses a game like this throughout the season. Like they, they usually lose a game like this at some point. They, Oklahoma usually never goes goes undefeated. They always lose a game that makes a scratch your head and be like, "Really, you lost to that team?" So, but I think I think they'll be okay. But uh, again, sounding like a broken no defense. <laughs> Chris, Chris Clellman from Kyleman from uh, K-State's done a great job. They just signed him into a new contract. So, you know, we'll, we'll see. I mean, it's just, it's just you know, like, like I've been saying, it'll be interesting to see what the college football playoff, what that does. I mean, you get all these, you know, conferences are going to be starting late. You got guys coming, opting back in when they opted out. So yeah. <laughs> now everything's sort of all you know, free-for-all and – this is their chance to sort of expand the playoff. They didn't. I don't understand why they didn't, but I mean, this is going to be one of those uh, instances where we'll probably, this, this, whoever wins, unless it's like Clemson or Alabama, this will probably end up being an asterisk. Yep. <laughs> like it used to be when two teams used to win it back in the day. They used yeah. to split. Yeah. <laughs> it might end up happening. Split national championships. Maybe three yeah. or four, I guess. <laughs> Boy, I tell you uh, what. Uh, I, don't, I, don't, I don't want to see those days again. No, no, oh, no, yeah, no. Those no, were brutal. No. <laughs> those days were brutal. <laughs> we're all over to remember those days. Oh, those days were brutal. <laughs> I just I just want to caution Trevor Lawrence. Um, he better hope and pray the Jets don't have the number one pick next year. <laughs> <laughs> he better hope and pray the Jets don't have the number one pick next year. See, you just, know what? I, I, just, I just want to throw that out there for him, for his benefit. You just, Jason, you just made an ugly situation. Man, I just had a, a horrible fantasy just now. If they do have it, that'll open up Sam Darnold to come to the Bears. Oh, Lord. <laughs> don't you put that out there because you know. Don't do that, Lamont. Do not do that. <laughs> you know, just... Lamont. Don't put that out there because you know. You know. <laughs> they watch not the put show. that out there. I better be quiet. Yeah, they watch the show, so I better be quiet. Yeah, don't you put that out there. Uh... All right, real quick, um, French Open. Hopefully, I'm hoping on the Mets side, I'm hoping that we get a, a, a doll Djokovic final because we need that. We earned that on the men's side. Yep. On the, women, on the women's side, it looks like you know, we're not going to have a lot of like big names. So 
Well, Ken, Sophia Kennedy actually won just won her match. She came back and won, and she was down a set, but actually came back and won. So if you're NBC, you're hoping that she wins, So because if not, no one's going to watch the women's final. So you better hope that she gets into the finals. And it, 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 it's wide open now for her. So we'll be cheering for her and hope she can get that second Grand Slam of the year. Yeah, let, let's hope so. Again, like you said, um, you know, the, the – the top seeds are dropping like flies in the French Open on the women's side. So, you know, let's hope uh, Sophia Kennan can get there. Um, boy, I mean, I don't, I don't want to make this about Serena. You know, she obviously kind of went out a little early. But, man, it just it doesn't look good, Lakina. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. I mean, the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit. I mean, we've talked about this already. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's not looking good. I want her to get that 24, but it's just the chances are getting slimmer and slimmer by the, by the tournament. She's only, yeah. She's, yeah, she's only a couple months, like I said, she only is a couple months older than me. So yeah. you can make your, you can figure out how old I am. Uh, so, yeah, Foster hasn't defeated, so. <laughs> what? I'm just saying, I'm not trying to be, I'm not trying to be mean here. I would say that the father times are defeated. I'm just saying. Yeah. Yeah. I don't even have Lamont's answer to your age. <laughs> oh, yeah. You, you better not say a word, Lamont. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> 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 I said 27. Yeah, yeah, I wish. <laughs> I wish. <laughs> I'm, sure so, I'm sure Serena wishes she was 27 again, too. <laughs> so, <laughs> so dominates at 27. I'm sure she probably, she probably, she, I think she did it at one point. So, um, okay, any any other things that are on your minds before we disperse? Uh? Nope, not for me. I, you know, except uh, we talked about it already, but I'm looking forward to this uh, AL West Divisional Series getting, getting started, especially with the... Um, with the Astros and the Athletics, I, you know, these two teams don't like each other. So let's with, play some ball. And with, 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 when baseball, with our teams being out of it, I've been catching up more on my regular television shows. You know, power's back. <laughs> like, so I've been into that Lovecraft, Lovecraft Country. I'm telling y'all, watch Lovecraft Country. Yeah, Love you've been pushing it, Lamont. You've been pushing huh? it. You're on your own on that one, Lamont, so I'm just saying. <laughs> You ain't tried it out, Lakina? No, I'm not interested. I saw the previews. I'm not interested. I'm, it's probably going to be something I'll have to binge. I'm kind of on the fringe with it right now. It, 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 it's right up my alley with some of the supernatural stuff, but, but I think I might just have to catch it on a, uh, on a, on a binge. So, so they about to end it. There's only two episodes left. Okay. What, what about you, Sid? Uh, I'm looking forward to... Uh, baseball playoffs resuming today. Of course, Yankees and, and Rays. I'm definitely looking forward to today as a fan. They better go five games. I'll be cheering hard for the Rays. And, of course, uh, this Bears-Buccaneers uh, game on Thursday in front of a national audience on Fox. We'll see what the Bears are made of on our next podcast. We'll give you our Cisco and Ebert thoughts of that game. Hopefully, it'll be a Bears win. But as 2020 goes, uh, it, uh, anything and everything can happen. So, uh, surprises may happen on Thursday, but we shall see. We may have to apologize to the Fox, our Fox viewers. Are, are both games tonight on TV? Yeah. Yep. 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 What, one so, early late? Yeah. So, so yeah, the the, uh, the Patriots and Chiefs, I believe that's at 6 o'clock. That'll be on CBS for the folks that don't know. And um, I believe at 7.30 is the ESPN Monday night game with the um, – the Packers and the Titans. I mean, yeah. uh, Packers and the Saints. Yeah, I think like seven. I think like seven. Packers and Falcons, seven fifty. Yeah. Yeah. Seven fifty. Yeah, <laughs> seven fifty. Yeah, because I think they moved. I think they moved the game back. Central Standard Time. Yeah, yeah. I think they moved the game back for that reason because I guess they didn't want to kind of like intertwine with the 
because I guess I figured that more people probably watched Patriots, Chiefs, than the Falcons and the Packers. That's probably why they did that. They probably did that intentionally. So we'll see if if it, if it was a blowout right away that top game, they might people might flock on to ESPN. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and oh, definitely. And I'm looking. I'm looking forward to these two Monday night games tonight, the NBA Finals. We'll see where the where the Heat when the Lakers. I'm sure they'll. I'm sure they can, they'll get it together. And uh, and also the French Open, like I said, Nadal, Djokovic, uh, NBC's cheering for that for that men's final. Let's go, let's go. I'm sure they're, they're cheering for that. Um, also, well, we'll talk more uh, on Friday's pod. But you know, college football. There's a lot of big games this weekend, so lots to look forward to. And also, we will also also recap Bucks and Bears. So on that note, sorry for the weird switch around for we're gonna be watching this on YouTube, but uh, I want to give a, a different. Uh, wasn't for the curtains here, but <laughs> if you follow me at Keena McGee on Twitter, I can underscore McGee on the Instagram. You can follow me at Lamont Scott on Facebook, Lamont Scott 69 on Instagram, and Lamont Scott 16 on Twitter. Jason? Yeah, yeah, you can follow me at Truth and Reason underscore on the Twitter. And like I said, you can also follow the show's Twitter handle at 2NDCSDHI. Follow up, we follow back. You can follow me, uh, Sid the Kid, uh, on Twitter and Instagram at SidKid80. Once again, at SidKid80. That's S-I-D-K-I-D-80. S-I-D-K-I-D-80. You can follow this podcast, Second City Sports, part of the uh, War Media Network at War or Anchor, which kicks you over to Spotify, iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play. Wherever you download your podcast, make sure you download War on Anchor. Um, this program, Second City Sports, is part of that, along with In the Scope with Josh Hicks. That Davis show, uh, the flip with Davis and friends, and Kyle Means's program. We're all right there at War Media. Also, War on Anchor, I should say. We're also on YouTube, War Media. That's W A R R Media. Just type that in your search engine box, and you can find us there on YouTube. You can see our lovely faces. And don't forget to download the iHeartRadio app and type in the search engine box, War on Anchor. You can access our podcast through there as well. Oh, also, a uh, special note, though, Ryan Matumbo's son, Dikembe, is going to follow his dad's footsteps and go to, go into Georgetown. So, yeah. I don't know if he does a finger way like his dad, but uh, we'll see. But they say he can. <laughs> but it's, he's, a top tw- he's in the top 20, so everybody, the people say that he can ball like him. So, he's not as big as his dad, but we'll see. I, that's a, a Yeah, show you a good one there with, you know, with Patrick Ewing. So... For the guys, I'm Akina. You guys stay safe. Wash your hands and keep your distance. I'm like some people lately. This was XC Sports Zoom style, and we'll see you Friday. Zoom style. Zoom. Till next time. Holla. <laughs>